Hey, welcome to the Jerry Gherkin Show, where we get our kicks out of watching people succeed. I'm your host, Jerry Gherkin, and that time is now. A little fun fact about me, I was adopted when I was 18 months old, and I met my biological mother when I was 19, and my biological father when I was 26, and ironically, my biological father didn't even know I existed, uh, so that was an interesting conversation, but... Uh, my guest today, Ryan Stuman, uh, was also adopted, and you're going to hear a lot about his life story, but uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Glad to be here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Hardcore Closer, CEO of Apex, CEO of Creator Phone Sites, you got the host of the Rewire podcast that I've binged, listened to every episode, and uh, get a little nugget out of those. The thing I love about your podcast, uh, the Rewire podcast, is it's a quick hitter, you know, it's like uh, anywhere from three to six minutes long, sometimes seven, but there's always something in a message in each one of those that's uh, applicable to everyday life. So I really uh, would recommend that the listeners, if they haven't tuned into the Rewire podcast, again, it's a simple one. And uh, usually when I'm driving to the gym in the morning, that's when I get it, um, get into that. And then it starts the day off pretty good. But uh, yeah, so th those are really cool. And are you bringing back the Hardcore Closer podcast that I heard? I am. It'll come out again next month. It'll be completely different. It's not a, a sales thing anymore. It's uh, just a, a show. So it's uh, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's me and some of the uh, my friends slash employees slash business partners type of thing. But uh, but yeah, we're bringing it back, man. Sweet. Sounds good. So I love your story. And uh, I mean, I feel like I know it like the back of my hand because I've, I've followed you for a while now. And um, there's but there's a lot of people that you know, to be quite frank, I didn't I didn't really know who Ryan Stuman was about six months ago until I met Drewby Wilson, had him on my podcast and then started uh, having some people that were in Apex um, on my podcast as guests. And and the more that I got to know them and, and how they were wired, the more interested I was in you and, and what your story is. But uh, could you you know, you got a lot of hustle, a lot of grit, a lot of backups, a lot of challenges. Can you give the, the listeners just a little thumbnail sketch of uh your story? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I have made just about every mistake and setback that you could probably have in life and a prolific screw up over here. And, you know, it, just like you were saying, fun fact about you, you were adopted. I, I was adopted as well uh, when I was seven by my stepdad. And ironically, he was adopted as well. And I just recently adopted my stepson. So none of us know who the hell we are, right? We're students <laughs> right. now, you know what I'm saying? We're students now, but, um, as most adopted kid trouble in school, but you know, looking back at things, Jerry, like I wasn't a bad kid in school. I just talked. I like to talk. I like to crack jokes and be for just like I am now, you know? And, and I look back and I was like, man, I was always in trouble in school for like, things that are very beneficial to me now, right? Like had they beaten that out of me in school, I wouldn't be successful today, you know? So uh, I realized school wasn't for me in the ninth grade and uh, never, never went past the ninth grade. I don't even know if I actually graduated the ninth grade or not. I don't remember. But uh, as soon as I turned 17, got a GED and, uh, you know, I'd always had a job either being an electrician or working at a car wash or whatever. And by the time I was about 17 or 18, I got that GED. I moved out on my own. I was introduced to the, the first business opportunity, which was selling drugs. And uh, you come from a neighborhood like I do. That's the, you don't, it's not a, 
it's not a network marketing pyramid scheme. It's a uh, where, you know, worst thing can happen. You're out your money. It is a drug pyramid scheme where worst thing can happen. You go to prison, which is what happened to me. And uh, I got caught with drugs, went to prison, got out, got my life together, went back to work at the car wash, became successful and managed multiple locations at the car wash, and then got a job in mortgages because of the hard work at the car wash, became super successful, made millions of dollars within a couple of years as a loan officer. And the cops thought I was selling drugs again, which I was not. And they raided my house. There weren't any drugs there, but there was some other stuff that was not even illegal now. It's some gun stuff. Long story short, I end up back in prison again for 15 months. Get out, get my life together again, get a job back in the mortgage industry, become one of the top producing mortgage guys in the country and end up losing my license because of the federal charge. So I had to find something that was, you know, didn't require a license, government oversight, really start my own business. I didn't know about roofing then. Uh, or I would have probably been a roofer. So I decided to become an internet marketer and help people. And I've been doing this now for 11 years. And I am one of the, if not the longest running internet marketer, consistently running a, a mastermind as far as I know in existence. I haven't seen anybody running the same mastermind for as long as I have. Um, and very few are playing on the level that we are. But it wasn't like an overnight success. Like I said, all this stuff where I lost my license happened in 2010. You know, I, I get my business back going up again. And in 2014, I get a divorce and then I got to give everything away. And I got to build it up again. In 2017, I realized I was climbing the ladder of success, leaning against the wrong building, as Zig Ziglar would say, and, and needed to switch things from sales, which is really my identity and who I, I, I resonated with to really just helping people change their life through my mistakes. You know, it's like I made a lot of mistakes. And if you are an intelligent person who makes mistakes, you learn from them. And, and I haven't made the same mistake twice, uh, but I have made a lot of mistakes and paid consequences for it. But I've gained prolific experience because of that. So it might seem like a, a curse when it's happening. And it might seem like a curse to some of you listening to this, but it was truly all those things that I said from adoption to divorce, to prison, to losing my job, those are the greatest blessings of my life because without them, I wouldn't be here. Nobody give a shit who I was. I wouldn't have the amazing wife and four kids and I have four kids now. Like, like this is just like all those things had to happen in order for me to get here and affect people because, you know, people can say, well, I dropped out of school. I resonate with that. Hey, I've done drugs. I resonate with that. Hey, I sold drugs. I resonate with that. I've been incarcerated. I resonate with that. I've got something for everybody. You know, the one thing I didn't have, Jerry, was I never been in like a medical injury, right? I never had a medical scare or cancer or something like all the other shit has happened. Right. But I never had that until I was in the middle of writing my G code book. And I had an accident in 2019 on an ATV and broke my neck in two places. Doctors told me I wasn't going to walk again and stuff. And that happened in September. And the first time I did, I, I ended up obviously being able to walk. And the first time that I was able to get out on stage again was in February. And I told that story. And for the first time, more people started to resonate with me because they could resonate being in an accident and breaking a bone. They may not understand prison. They may have never done drugs. But it was at that moment, it's like, man, shit, I have screwed up enough for everybody now. I've officially screwed up enough to include everybody in my problems, right? I don't so. think a lot of people knew that you broke your neck. It was kind of on the DL because I, I listened to one of your um, Rewire podcasts and you even referenced that. And I, I wrote a note down here to even bring it up, but you took it away. You already brought it up. So that's cool. That's good. 
Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, um, my wife says something along those same lines. It just had to happen. Yeah. You know, it had to happen. And and there's a, a country western. No, it it isn't country western. It's a Mercy Me song that uh, Dear Younger Me, you yeah. know, and it talks about what would you change? And, and you know, if you really reflect back, you, you wouldn't change anything because nothing you you wouldn't be where you are today. Just like you said, it, it's it's a blessing um, that it happened. But when you're going through it, it doesn't sure seem like it. It seems it seems like a curse. And why me? And why, God, are you doing this to me? But but yet uh, when you come through it, uh, you talk about strength in the struggle right there. It is, you know, you get strength in the struggle. Um, so I, I, I just stopped, did it. Go ahead. I stopped thinking, you know, probably two years ago, I, when shit got tough, I stopped thinking, why me? You know, why are you doing, I, I had the, I'll never forget in 2005, Jerry, I was going to church for the first time in my life. Uh, I didn't even cuss, man. I talk like Ned Flanders at this time, you know, I was a banker wearing a, you know, nice polo shirt like you've got on and khakis and stuff, you know, and 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 was just like living the cleanest version of my life I've ever lived still to this day. And when the cops raided my house, I was so surprised. Like, what were they thinking? You know what I mean? Like, dude, they couldn't be further away from whatever information that they got that made them think this. Like, what were they? And, and why, God, why would you? why would you do this to me? I'm going to church for the first time ever. Like, why are you going to put me out of church and put me in prison? You know, but I look back and if I wouldn't have gone there, I wouldn't have met specific people and certain things take place to shift things out here that change things. You know, the first seminars that I ever put on on my own, I had spoken seminars before, but the first seminars I ever put in my own were in prison. If you want to perform in front of a tough crowd, that's the place yeah. to get started. If you can entertain and get them interested in what you're doing, then uh, like you got it, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I've like nobody in the audience at an apex or a uh, million dollar mastermind or any event I've ever spoke at has, uh, have I looked out and thought that dude might stand up and attack me in a minute up here on the side. I've never had that <laughs> right. feeling, but, but I, my first audience, that was the exact feeling. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if I screw up yeah. this dude's mama's money and give him some bad info, he will still, he will stab me in my sleep, you know? And, but at the time it seemed like such a curse, but what God was doing was removing friends that I needed out of my life. Because when you go to prison, you find out who's really on your team. It was removing uh, women that I had in my life. As you go to prison, you find out who's really loyal to you. It was re removing some of the things that I needed to get out of my life that I wouldn't have got out of my life on my own anyway. It had to be an extreme circumstance, right? When, when you're a hard-headed person like I am, you have to take hard hits and go through hard times in order to break that hard-headedness, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... You uh, talked about being a greatness extractor uh, a while back, and you said that somebody else kind of took it away from you. It was at a church setting. I think it was. It was a secretary or somebody. But, uh, you know, I look at your your life and your history and all the things, and you're like a pioneer in, in, in a lot of arenas. You know, you, you've videotaped. I, I've watched a lot of your videotapes, and it's so fun to watch because you're so young, and you don't have the beard, and you don't. You know, you don't have the tattoos. I couldn't grow like, one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really cool to watch because the your evolution, but what you were doing at that time, um, it, it's really, and I'm not kissing your ass, but I'm just saying it, it was really brilliant because how you recorded everything. And, and that's what you teach in Apex too, in some of the sessions, you know, record everything. Why do you want to duplicate? Why do you want to do the same thing over? If you're already doing it, then record this stuff and, and, 
All the information that I've gleaned so far in the short time I've been with Apex has been so applicable. And a lot of it isn't necessarily that's the stuff that I'm learning today that's present day stuff. It's stuff that I've looked back, like uh, the video you did, I don't know how many years ago on a text hack. Yep. You know, and I've shared that with so many people because in my Dude, industry, that I, saves hours a day. I know I send so much information out and it's the same thing over and over and over again. I wish I would have known this 10 years ago because it would have yep. saved me so much more time. You know, you talk about we get seven, 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But how do you steal that time? It's becoming more efficient with what you're what you're doing with your time. It's like getting up early in the morning, get up at 5 a.m. I wake up naturally at 5 a.m., by the way, too. Yep. Um, if I don't, then my Australian shepherd jumps on my chest. <laughs> face and says hey man it's time to get up but uh no but but just to do that stuff in the morning and, and then the, the text hack thing and, and if you don't know about that you can just google ryan Stuman text hack and it's it comes right up and it's like a three four minute video and it's and it's so funny man to see you now you're like hey and you just like jump in yeah that's hey that's probably from like 2013 or 14. yeah it's, it's so old but what my point is is that you've been doing this stuff for so long and you've got this process so dialed in and simplified and that that's what i like i like simplicity i'm a simple man i like leonard skinner i like simplicity so so for for you can take an old guy like me and give me something simple that I can use and apply, but you've been doing it, like you said, for 11 years. And what's really super cool is, is the videos and all the recordings and everything, and you can rewind it and rewatch it and rewind it and rewatch it, because not everybody can gather this stuff. It's, it's a lot of content. And then build it, the building your machine stuff, you know, in 26 week segments and take, and then apply, watch apply watch apply it's just it's just so super cool and i i just i really appreciate all that you're doing right now and again i don't i'm not meaning to kiss your ass but i just it's just really really super cool what you're doing well you know you're happy because it works you know i get that a lot everybody's like i'm not trying to kiss your ass but really what everybody's saying is like dude i'm happy because this stuff that you showed us works you know and and um what's what's even cooler is it's it's worked for years. You're talking about something that, you know, shit, I actually was, I recorded that thing in probably 2014 or 2013, but I've been doing that since 2008 from a Blackberry, right? They had that, that code on there. I did it in the mortgage industry. That was how I was able to do volumes. One of the hacks, you know, and, and what's, what's cool now. And you'll, you'll benefit from this too, Jerry, one day is I've been doing this for 11 years. Well, in 2013, I was saying revolutionary shit that nobody believed. They're like, that's fucking ridiculous. It would be the equivalent of saying there's in 2013 going, there's going to be a pandemic and they're going to microchip everybody right in the future. In 2013, <laughs> you'd have been like, dude, not on my watch. You know, like you would have never believed that. So I was ahead of the curve. So a lot of that stuff now I'm repurposing and putting into the sales talk group and, and doing updated blogs and stuff. And people are like, dude, this is next level shit. How did you think of this? I'm like, I tried to tell y'all six fucking years ago. Imagine if you, <laughs> if you'd have picked it up back then, but I'm glad you're here now, you know, but if I wouldn't have been doing all that work all along, I wouldn't have it now to, to share and show that, Hey man, I've been ahead of this curve for a while with the real proof to, to, to show it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so so let's talk. Let the listeners know about Apex and and Break Free Academy. Can you give a little bit of background? I mean, I understand it because I'm involved in it, but you could probably give a little bit better explanation of how that. Yeah, so so I, I run a program called Apex, and 
uh, our company is called Break Free Academy, but the program that in the network is is called the Apex. And really, what it is is it's a group of people winning collectively. And so, let's say that you're in a group where if you're you're sick, we got a doctor. If you need some contracts, we got a lawyer. If your toilet's messed up, we got a nationwide plumbing uh, channel. If you need a new roof, we got roofers. You need a house, we got realtors. You need a loan, we got bankers. You need a business, we got business people. Like literally everything you can think of, we've we've got in this network of people that are helping each other and sharing. But also inside that network are are trainings, right? To teach you how to get business from social media, how to become a better person, how to even things like how to work out right and how to eat right and stuff like that, right? To where you can truly have an overall better life because that's what we're doing for folks, right? We're taking them to the top of their game, the apex of their game. And, and really the, 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 the biggest part I believe of apex that matters the most is just the people that are there. A lot of times when we're entrepreneurs or business owners and, you know, success is measured individually. Some people $10,000 a month is successful. Some people $10,000 a minute is not even successful, right? Just depends on how you, you, you're wired and what's successful to you. But Oftentimes when we become a successful person, it's like we built an island that we're alone on, right? Like we, we became successful so we could have all this freedom and all this money. And then all of a sudden, you know, our friends don't get us anymore. More. They keep saying, oh, you got first world pro- problems and they don't understand what it's like to own a business and, and all these other things that, that kind of just create an island of uncertainty by ourselves, right? Should I even be doing this shit? Is it worth it? Cause I'm losing the people don't like me. They're jealous of me. I'm losing them, whatever those things are. And so I want to create a community and I have created a community where like you can come as a winner and there's other winners there that get it. When you, when your problem is, I don't know whether to buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, there's other winners there that aren't going to go, well, first world program. So there's other people there. It's like, Hey man, I have had both. And let me tell you which one has been my experience. It's not a, a hate thing, right? When someone yeah. writes a book, when someone starts a podcast, like you got a whole community of, you know, thousands of people supporting them. And, you know, we, we have a mission inside that program that everybody abides by or is supposed to abide by, which is we represent what winning looks like at all times. So when someone says they belong to Apex, what they're saying is they are a representation of winning, right? Not just in our network, but in the world, period. And so we have a group that's not only winners, but it's got an amazing mission about winning and winning in business, winning in life. It's not, hey, I, I'm winning in business, but I'm uncontrollably fat and, and dying of all these things that I could take care of if I just switched my diet. No, no, no. It's winning across the board. And because of that, man, we have attracted winners like yourself, people that are winning that want to be a part of this because they're like, shit, my people, finally people who get it. You know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. you know, yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, I felt that way when, I, when my wife and I came to MDM, I'm like, I've arrived. This is where I need to be. This is exactly what I'm looking for because, and you referenced the force of average. We'll talk about that in a minute, but you know, you get into, I've told my kids for years, you can't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. People are strong because they're strong people, but you have too many of these people that are weak that are trying to chop at your heels and drag you down or talking shit about you on the side because you're in the easy deals and you're all you, you, you fell into it. You must come for money, all these different things, all this chatter on the outside. And and they have no idea what blood, sweat and tears you, you produce. They don't have no idea what your history is, where you've come from. You're an overnight success. Well, there's no such thing as an overnight success, but you referenced really kind of danced around it, but I want to hit it between the horns is the G code because the G code, it really exemplifies what you're talking about within the family and, and apex and, and the core values that you referenced also as well. 
Well, I'll, I'll give the, the gift of the game to your audience, right? And so without getting too deep into it, let's just assume that we live in a simulation, right? We're in this blue orb inside of a server somewhere. In order to be in a, simula a simulation, there has to be an algorithm that governs things, whether it's on Facebook or a video game or whatever. There's, there's limitations and algorithms here. We call them like the laws of physics, the laws of gravity, the laws of science, things of that nature. It's an algorithm, right? But if you were to package them all up into their most simplistic form, the algorithm on this planet is basically what I call the force of average. Okay, If you're extremely poor in, on this planet, there's social programs that will keep you alive. Right. There's like a billion people on this planet that live on less than a dollar a week or something like that. Somehow they stay alive. Right. Like, how do you even find food for that? But they stay alive. They make it happen. Um, if you are uh, below average and you are on uh, disability, they'll give you welfare checks. If you're homeless in California, hell, they'll give you free Starbucks. Right. There's there's if you are below average, it will force you almost up to average. They will give you every advantage to become an average person. Right. If you're poor, they'll give you money. If you if you're sick, they'll give you health care. Right. Like all these things globally to help you out. If you start, if you stay average, they're happy as hell. You're in the 30% tax bracket. You're W-2. You're given 30% of your money back. Uh, you know, you, you, your health care cost isn't that much. Your insurance cost isn't that much. You're not a strain on society. That's where they want to keep everybody. That's how the algorithm is, is playing out on this planet. But what happens when you want to push past average, right? We see that people push past average financially, and then they lose it all right? The force of average pushes them back down. See, when you're at the bottom, the force of average is trying to gravitate you up. It's trying to attract you up. But once you pass average, the force of average tries to push you back down. That's why as you make more money, you pay more taxes. Uh, that's why as you, make, as you have more assets, you start finding out that the government wants more of your money on those assets. That's why when you find out the more people you hire, the more freaking frustration you have. Like The, the bigger you're trying to do things, the harder it's going to be. And that's the force of average because it's trying to get you to quit and go back down to average. And so the force of average is our enemy. Because nobody was created, like when God made us, God was not like, I'm going to a bunch of average motherfuckers. Like, that's not what he was thinking, right? He's like, I'm going to create great people. I'm going to create people that can exemplify me and my image on this planet. That's greatness. That's not mediocrity. But the devil, whatever you want to call it, would be the force of average trying to keep you in mediocrity. And so when you try to step away from that, it pushes you back down. So, all right, so we got an enemy, force of average, okay? We give it a name, force of average. And in the book, The uh, Art of War, it tells you, you got to know the enemy and the enemy's weapon before you go to war with somebody, right? So what's the enemy's most powerful weapon? Well, if you think about it, the force of average uses the weapon of distraction all the time. It distracts us with the news. Did you know that the average American's time uh, attention span is eight and a half seconds, right? Eight and a half seconds. That's about a half an Instagram story right now. A goldfish is nine by the way. And in 1980, it was 18 minutes, right? Back when we used to read articles and books and all that stuff, like Reader's Digest was the equivalent back then of an Instagram story. Okay. We had an 18 minute attention span. Now it's down to eight and a half seconds, only getting worse. And so I say that because the force of average distracts you based on that eight and a half seconds, 11,000 times a day. Okay. 11,000 times a day, you're being attacked by your enemy. And so now that you know that the enemy's attacking you, now you know what their weapon is. Now you know what its name is. What do we got to figure out? We got to figure out what our superpower is that can whoop it. 
right? God wouldn't have created us an enemy in us and if we couldn't beat it. But so many people never understand that there's an enemy. They're asleep to it. So many people never understand that we have a weapon way more powerful than any distraction the enemy could ever give us. But the enemy's been attacking us since we were born. And it's been attacking someone else since they were born generations, thousands, millennials ago, right? Millenniums ago. And it's experienced is what I'm saying. It's attacked you a bunch of times since you've been listening to this podcast, which are eight and a half seconds, right? So what do we have that can beat it? What we have is something called focus. And it's a lost art to the point where they'll give you methamphetamine to artificially enhance it inside your body right now and call it Adderall, okay? Uh, focus is a superpower, okay? But focus isn't just like staring at something cross-eyed, right? Focus is having a vision, a vision, not necessarily seeing something, but having a vision and then doing the work to make that vision a reality. When you're in the zone, you're unstoppable. When's the last time you were writing an, an article or a paper or something and you were in the zone or you were recording a video and you were in the zone or you were on the treadmill and you were in the zone or you were at work knocking paperwork out and problems out left and right. And you were in the zone, right? That's because you were focused and the force of average is hard pressed every day to get you off your focus because when you are focused, you're unstoppable. When you're in the zone and you're reading a book or you're making a video or you're doing work or you're exercising or whatever, you're unstoppable, right? And the force of average knows that you're zoned in. But what happens is most of us try to get focused on something that we have no business being focused on in the first place. And then we wonder why we're so easily distracted. God's called you your entire life. You need to be an engineer. You're like, oh, I want to go sell roofs. God's called you your entire life. Hey, you need to become a singer and entertainer. You're like, nope, nope, I'm going to be a plumber, right? Like, like we fight these things and then we are constantly distracted because we're not chasing the greatness that we know is inside us. Look, guys, I, I knew my whole life since, not my whole life, but since 2005, I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now. I fought that shit all the way up till 2009. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, for some reason, the world, God, the universe kept telling me, student, you're supposed to be a speaker. You're supposed to make videos. Like you didn't even have cameras on your phone back then. Right. And it's like, I'm supposed to be doing all these things, man. And I just did it. And, and I look back and I stayed focused and I stayed in the zone and every day I did it. And I look back now and I'm like, man, the, the, it, once I stopped ignoring the calling, my life started firing on all, all cylinders. So I started looking back and tracking. Okay. So if I'm going to focus, if I'm going to have a vision and take action, what, where do I need to have a vision and take action every day? Because you don't win a fight annually. You win a fight daily. Okay, if we're fighting the force of average, we're not going to beat it once a year. We got to beat it every damn day. We got to beat it every minute. Okay, because it's coming at us 11 or 10,185 times a day. We got to beat it that many times every single day. So it's coming at us every eight and a half seconds. So we got to have four things where we focus on winning every day. Number one is we got to focus winning with a grateful mindset. We got to be grateful for what we have. The real life balance is being grateful for what you have while in pursuit of what you want. Okay, number two, we got to focus every day on winning in our genetics. We got to take care of our body. We got to eat right. We got to make sure we go to the doctor. We got to get our blood work right. We got to get the, the, the right, not medicines, but the right treatments that we need, the vitamins, the supplements, the things that make us healthy. We got to make sure we're winning every day. That means going to the gym. That means sticking to a diet. Number three, every day we got to focus on our grind. We got to win in our grind, which is our job. We got to get on our grind. Every day we got to win there. And then number four is the group of people we surround ourselves with. If we will focus on bringing value to a group of people every day, we will become valuable to people. So now we have an enemy 
We know the enemy's weapon, and now we have a process and what we're supposed to do to stay focused on winning in four areas every day of our life. That's called the G code, the code to greatness. God created us to be great. This is the code to be greatness, to have a grateful mindset, to work on your genetics, to work on your grind, and to invest in the group of people that you're spending your time with. So, I, yeah, depicted perfectly, and I love the way you brought that to crescendo, but that's just your style. I'm um, so two Sundays ago, I, I think I messaged you that I was going to speak at this church because I felt like I was led to do it. So yep. one, of, one of the things I, I came up or I brought up was um, the group in the, in the G code. I didn't talk about the entire G code, but it was very relevant because of the, where the church was located. Uh, I was in a lower socioeconomics environment and the, the pastor had told me that there's, you know, people that are on the street doing drugs and a lot of, but they're coming in and they're trying to get their stuff right. So, but I brought up the, the group and the four different levels, because in each, each one of the G codes, there's four different levels and you want to try to aspire to level four. And the first one is losers. And the second one is usual suspects. And then the third one is good relationships. And the fourth one is great relationships. And we want to aspire to the, not to level four. We want to have great relationships that are, that are uh, reciprocal, you know, it's not just this one-sided thing. And that's what I love about those groups that you've developed in, in Apex and the groups outside of Apex, just the private Facebook groups that you recommend. And, and I've created a couple myself and it's really edifying uh, because those people are there to build you up and then you can dump your bucket and they can help you. But they're also there if, if you're stepping out of line then they're going to check you and tell you, hey man, you're, you're out of it. But it's just like being a, a big brother, or big sister, you know, you're going to take care of your family. But uh, and then then once you go through and you list, you know, 15 to 20 of your closest people that you associate with, then you got to sign them a number. Yeah. And when I was talking to these people in the church, they were like, oh, uh, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you know, and then you know what to do. You know, yeah. if you sign some the reason why you don't want to do that exercise is, you yeah. know, you need to lose some people in your right. life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the usual suspects, I said, I referenced, you know, you know, the, the person that comes to you and says, hey, you got 20 bucks or hey, can you give yeah. me a ride down the street? Uh, can you do this for me and that for me? And then when it comes to reciprocation, they're, they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Yeah. And, and you know those people, but then you got to be true to yourself. And, and where do you where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And that was the opener for me at, at this service. I was like, who do you want to be? You know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do with your life? You know, and, and I've said this before in a couple of different podcasts. If you were independently wealthy, needed for nothing, what would you do? What would you want to do with your life? And if you dive deep and you figure that out, then that's that voice that you're, you're pushing down, telling you what you're supposed to be doing. And that's what you should be doing. And then you just got to take the leap. You know, the law of diminishing intent states that the longer you wait to take action, the less likely you're going to take that action because waiting feels safe. Yep. But oftentimes waiting kills dreams. So we just got to go, you know, and just like you experienced and now here you are and had you not took that leap, well, actually been forced into doing it because you didn't have really a choice. Yep. And, and uh, um, Pedro Meneses said uh, in the podcast that I had on him on my podcast a while back, he said, I said, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? He said, put your back against the wall and see what you can do. You know, uh, you find out what you're made of. You know, uh, if you give a man or a woman a safety net, right, a, uh, a trust fund, a backup account, you know, knowing that they can fail and you'll take care of them, they'll fail almost every time. 
You know, uh, when you remove the, you burn the bridges, blow up the bridges, set the ships on fire, right? And you, you put a man out to survive, uh, nine times out of 10, they'll survive. They'll figure it out. You know, um, they, they really will, you know, and it's funny. A lot of people do live their life with the usual suspects and you don't have to be mean to them, but as soon as you can get away from them, your life will improve. I promise you that. So you, we talk about the E's, the S's, the B's, and the I's. And, you know, the E's are the employees, S is the self-employed, B is a business owner with, you know, um, a board of directors, and then the I is for investors. Um, so when you're transitioning uh, from an E to a B and, or from an E to an S and then to a B, you know, how do you, how do you keep your money? You talk about keeping your money moving. How do you do that and keep that? that sense of, okay, I'm, I'm making some traction and making some direction uh, and keeping your money moving while you're going through those different um, stages? Well, you know, I've never taken uh, a loan or had investors on businesses, right? Now, now that's not true anymore. I'm so used to saying that. Now I have other bigger ventures, but in my core businesses that I've been running for 11 years, including my software business, you know, it was all done without bank help or outside money or anything. And, you know, for, for me, I would say what it was that I wanted in the company, whether it was to hire somebody for a position or to run an ad or to build a website or whatever. And I would just figure out what that was going to cost me. And I would just go make the sales to make it happen. That's how I built my, my whole company. And, you know, and once you get the things firing, then it's easier to sit back and go, okay, we can spend like yesterday, we spent 20 grand on camera equipment. And it's, it's not like, Oh shit, today I got to go sell 20 grand worth of stuff to make up for that. Obviously that's, we're beyond that. But the big shift there is in the beginning, you, you're going to be tempted to pull that money out and go get you a Rolex or I'm not even wearing a Rolex, but go get you a Rolex or, or, uh, you know, a fancy car or something like that. But the longer you can keep reinvesting that money and, and prolong that instant gratification, the longer you, the second you pull that money out and spend it on a car or a watch or something, look, I got cars and watches, but I was nine years into this shit, right? Like I, I didn't buy a Rolex until I was 39 or 40 years old. Okay. I didn't buy a fancy car until 2017, right? When, which would make me 38 years old at that time. So I, I had prolonged that for a long time. So for me back then, the investment was into new employees and ads. So every extra, you know, I had, let's say I needed $10,000 to pay my mortgage and and live every month, groceries and shit like that. For personally, I pulled that out in my salary and then shit, every other dollar went back into growing the business until I had more dollars than I had business that needed to be growing. Right. Which honestly, if I'm just being honest, that never happens. You always find something for it. It's the <laughs> right. camera equipment yesterday. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, where, where do you get the discernment? I mean, there, there's all kinds of, uh, like right now for me, for example, perfect example, I'm looking at different uh, sales funnels and I've got two different businesses that I'm trying to operate. And I'm looking at um, some of the people within Apex. How do you discern who, who you should spend your, your additional monies with when you're trying to grow your business? How do you, how do you, how did you do that? I mean, what did you well, you know, I've hired and wasted a lot of money over the years and it wasn't always the people I wasted money with's fault. Uh, you know, it's just that I was trying them and they shouldn't have been there in the first damn place. Right. And neither should I. Um, 
but you know, you have to figure out what you want as far as money wise and how many sales, like for me, I want to make a million in a year, not because I needed a million or whatever, but my first goal is a million a year just to say I could do it. You know, Hey, I want to make a million dollars in a year. So my goal was $3,000 a day and I needed to do $3,000 a day, six days a week. And I could take a day off from sales or miss one day a week from sales, but I needed three grand a day. And you know, from there I said, uh, I had several businesses then as well, but I said, you know what? I'm going to hammer down on Break Free Academy and I'm going to sell these Apex things for 5000 Back then it was $5,000 a pop for these events that I was doing. And um, and I'm going to sell one every day of the week. That's going to be like my goal and, and a few times I'll fail, and, and but it'll all work out. And, dude, that was, that was what I did. I stuck to it. It's that one thing. And then once I got it going and I built the sales team and the admin staff, then I started the software company and started focusing on it. Uh, I had started it, but it was just sitting there shelving it. But then once I got BFA making money, I was able to take some of that money and invest it into phone sites to start growing it, hire a COO and all that. Now phone sites is starting to uh, amass six figures a month in recurring income. And so it's starting to get big and, and operational and we have big affiliates promoting us. So before long, it will support Sign Seal, which is the next little brother down the down the 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 tube there for our document signing software. So, you know, I just get one thing running and, and you can look at me and say, you know, I might got 30 or 50 companies that I have some sort of ownership in now. I mean, hell, I have over a hundred restaurants, but, uh, but I'm not working in those things, right? I'm working on that one thing right now is apex. And then I'm paying people to work on phone sites and stuff like that. So I still maintain that main thing but the extra money I got might go into the other things, but other people are working on them for me at this point. Gotcha. So basically to summarize what I'm taking away is, is take care of the one that you got that's operating at a high level until it becomes to a point where it's a well-oiled machine and starting to generate more revenue and then redirect some of that revenue to, to the, the next thing. Because everybody thing. thinks you got to, and I get it, there's speed to market that pays off. But everybody thinks you got to like, you know, rush like we really can't run two companies at once, right? Like, I mean, the even above average intelligent people can't do it. It just takes a, a lot. You know, it really is. It's a lot of bandwidth. We can pretend like we are, but really somebody else is doing it. But if you'll, in, in my experience, I always maintain the main thing, and then the extra money from me staying focused on that main thing goes into the other things. Which, at this point, shit, my other things have out outpace my main thing. It's taken me 11 years to be able to do that. But it, but if I hadn't still maintained and will still continue to maintain that thing, then it would have never fed that stuff to begin with. You know, so let me ask you what, when the, when was the first time? Cause I remember the first time I did it and it was only because I was inspired by you, but when was the first time that you actually told your story to a, in a public setting or even a private setting? Huh, the first time somebody invited me on a podcast, uh, it was actually this dude named Garrett J. White. And he's like, you want to come on my podcast? I met him in a mastermind. He's like, you want to come on my podcast? And I was like, yeah, man, sure. I, I had done my own, but I've never been on anybody else's. And uh, it was 2013 or 14. And he goes, uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. And I just, I had a lot to tell. You know, I bet 45 minutes later, Garrett's a talkative person. Just by nature, he's real talky. And I bet that's the least words he's ever said on a podcast in his <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. So did did you get emotional at all when you were doing that? Because I like for Man, me, I, I felt like 
Yeah, I feel like a big I, weight was off my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. It was yeah, over yeah. with. It's like a lot of free moments. Yeah, a lot of free. Then, since it was on a podcast, anytime somebody said some shit like "Yeah, but you were in jail" or whatever, it's like, yeah, bro, it's public knowledge. Here's the episode where I just basically tell the whole story <laughs> in case you want to know what really yeah. happened. You know? Yeah, it just kind of took that power from. Them. And it, it empowered me and it like took power from them and gave it back to me. That was mine originally any damn way. So some advice that you would give to somebody that's maybe struggling or afraid to tell their story just to, just to get it out there and could, could be an opposer or, or, you know, kind of holding it well, down. Or I did this shit in 2013 or 2014. Things were a lot different then. Uh, like the, and, and I know this doesn't seem like that long ago, but it really was. But like things weren't as acceptable back then. Like, you know, people shit on vegans back then. People still made fun of transgender people and people were still bullying and, and, and all that still goes on. I'm not oblivious to that, but I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't the social stigma of that stuff now. So what I'm saying is people were judgy as fuck. And here I am putting everything out to be judged back then. Now people are not as judgy. Right. Because they're figuring out that the government's putting people in jail and doing shit wrong. Right. They're like, oh, shit, you went to jail. Damn, you got screwed by the government. They no longer think you're a criminal. Right. You got fired from a job or you lost a business. Hell, so many people identify with that. It's like they're not going to judge you in the way that you think they are. Right. We're building this whole don't judge people. But I mean, you know, I don't have to explain it. You guys see what's going on. But now would be the ideal time because if someone did say something, go, how dare you judge me in 2021? I identify as a non-felon offender, you know what I mean, or whatever. So this is like an easier time to come out and own your shit. You come out 10 years ago and said you were a drug addict. They're like, hey, you loser, get off a of dope. Now you come out and say you're a drug addict. And they're like, oh, man, we want to help you stay sober. It's just a different time. In a short period of time, it's become a different time. And, you know, is, is it for everybody to come out and admit all their dirt? Nope, it's probably not for everybody. Some of y'all probably just need to keep shit to yourself. But if you feel that calling and it's wearing you out and you need to get it off of your, now would be the best time, I believe, in history to do that, you know? Yeah. So I've said for a lot of years, in, when you're in your uh, 20s and 30s, you worry about what everybody else thinks. And when you're in your 40s and 50s, you don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks. And when you're 60s and older, you realize nobody was thinking about you anyway. Well, and it's true because like I messed up in my 20s, right? Like at my prison time and, and all that. And you think, man, this is the end for me. But shit, nobody has any expect. There's 20-year-olds work for me. You think I expect anything from these guys? They blow my mind when they do stuff. It's like, wow, you're way ahead of where I was. Like they're 20. Nobody was expecting me to do anything except for screw up for 10 years. That's what that whole decade in our lives is supposed to be, you know? And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, I got to get my shit together and I got to make all this money as soon as I get out of college or as soon as I get out of high school. It's like, you don't even really make money until you're like 35 or 40 anyway. You think you can make a little money in your 20s. You don't even really get into real money until you get 35 or 40 anyway. Yeah. All right. I got a couple more questions and we're going to wrap up. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, for sure. But uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, probably the best piece of advice. If I'm being honest in 2007 or eight, there was a gentleman named Stephen K. Scott that came to our church and Stephen K. Scott was, is the guy that is like uh, owns the total gym, you know, the Chuck Norris commercials with Christy Brinkley and stuff. Right. 
uh, and they've done billions of those. Obviously, they've been on TV selling that shit probably your whole life. They've been on there my whole life for sure, you know. Uh, but he was doing an interview with Pastor Keith, and he said uh, the the wisest and richest man to ever live was King Solomon. And King Solomon left behind the book of Proverbs. And one of the reasons he believes that he's amassed billions in, in wealth, and this was a long time ago, he's probably worth even more now, is because for the last 20 years of his life, he'd read the book of Proverbs every day. So like Proverbs 1 on the first of the month, Proverbs. So today's August 17th, he would read Proverbs 17 for the day. And it's really only about a two-minute read at tops, each one of those. And, the, and it's the most understandable book in the Bible, in my opinion. A lot of the other ones, you're like, what the hell's going on here? And so for damn near 20 years now, most days, like, well, I'll give myself an 85% rating, just being out of integrity here. 85% of the time for almost 20 years now, I have read a chapter a day in Proverbs corresponding to the day. And every time it's like I'm reading a different book, but King Solomon was the wisest person to ever live. And I think a lot of the reasons why I accept things the way I do, the way that I think the way I do is like when I'm reading that, I'm really trying to feel where King Solomon was coming from because he had this insane amount of divine wisdom. So the best advice that I've ever got is it's not a religious thing. It's to read the book of the wealthiest and wisest dude to ever live. If you read that every day, because it, he was so wise, there's endless wisdom in reading the same quote over and over because it's going to mean something different to you depending on where you are in life. 100%. That's, that's awesome. My wife just did a two times. She's done a 31 day challenge with Proverbs, but it was just a 31 day. And then, then that was done. But again, there is so much wisdom in that. That's, that's really cool, man, because that's something that I believe a hundred percent and actually referenced it in the, uh, when I was talking to that church a couple of weeks ago, you know, Proverbs, if you, if you want to find some wisdom, just hang out there. That's where you're going to find it. So that's really yep. cool. Yeah. So uh, how do you want to be remembered? You know, two things. I, I want to be remembered as the guy that every single person that came into contact with me was somehow better off because they met me. Uh, there's people out there that don't like me. Everybody has people that don't like them, but even those people are still better off because they met me. And it may be because they connected with somebody else who don't like me and they did business together and I was their common bond. It may have been because some people that don't like me doesn't mean I don't like them. I still send people who don't like me business because I'd still know that they're good at what they do, you know, and they would have no clue that it even comes from me. And I just want to be the guy that, that every single person that came in any kind of contact online or off with me would be impacted in some way that made their life better. And the second thing is I want to be known as the guy that, that made a whole bunch of money and he made a whole bunch of money that mattered right? I'm not in this just to be rich. I don't need to be rich. I'm wearing a $10 t-shirt and jeans I bought on Amazon. You know, that's not, that's not my thing. I'm wearing a rubber watch. You know, it's, 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 I have, you know, nice cars and stuff, but that's mainly because I like, I like cars. That's like my one vice, but it's also for the persona uh, that I play online. And I want to be the guy that every dollar I touched that either came to me or through me uh, went to go do something good. You know, some people can say, oh, you're wearing Nikes, you, you support Chinese slaves. And, and I think of it as 
I'm wearing Nikes. I supported the guy that works in Amazon that moved my box, the guy that made the box at the box factory, the dude that, that flew the airplane from Chinese factory that's the American that landed it here to ship the stuff, the guy that was selling them uh, in the store, right? Like the dude that delivered it to whatever, right? Like every dollar that I'm spending, making, investing matters to someone and, and impacts their life. So it really just ties together to I want to be the guy that when they look back, they think, man, everybody that came into contact with this dude's in a better place because of it. Well, I think you're tracking the right way, brother. I really do. You're, you're an inspiration. Uh, how do, how do people, it's not easy because you know, I'm human. I occasionally want to kill people like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get that. So the G code, I know you got an app out there. Talk, tell them about the app so that they can uh, start to track that stuff. And then, uh, Take that challenge. Yeah. So, you know, what measure, what gets measured gets improved. And so it's one thing for me to tell you, hey, grateful mindset, your genetics, your grind and the group of people you're around. But it's another to actually go in, write it down and take a point for doing each one of those things. So the G-Code app, you can get four points a day, one for uh, your grateful mindset and writing down five things you're grateful for. One point for sticking to a diet and exercising. One point for winning on your job and one point for investing time into somebody that day. So four days, we have something called, or four points a day, we have something called the zero to 100 challenge. Within 30 days, you should be able to get 100 points. That's us giving you a little bit of leeway in case you mess up a few days in there. But within 30 days, you should be able to create 100 points inside this app. Well, in 30 days, you've created a habit. So now you've created a habit on focusing on winning in four different areas of your life and getting a point every single day for 30 days. If you'll do that for 30 days, you'll create a habit. If you'll do it for 90 days, you'll lock a habit in for a lifetime. If you'll do that shit for six months, you'll look back and wonder how you ever function without it. And I have an app that does all this for you for free. There's no upsells. There's no emails. There's no, there, there's no gimmicks. And it's not even an app that you got to go to the, the app store. You can just go to dailygcode.com. Or uh, if you want to read about the uh, uh, 0 to 100 challenge, which would be better for you so you can get all the facts there, go to uh, gcodechallenge.com and read that. And then it'll take you to the other website where you can log into the app and download it and everything absolutely free, like no gimmicks, no, no pop-ups or anything like that. Like this is just something that is one of those things that I left for people so that I could leave people in a better place. I invested a shitload of money to make this thing, ladies and gentlemen, for, for you. I don't ever intend on selling it. I just made it to help mankind, really. Well, the way I, the way I remember you is you're a, you're a connector. You're two things. You're a greatness extractor and you're a connector. I mean, you connect so many people and you don't even realize the number of people that you're connecting. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and we... If you guys haven't checked out his stuff, I mean, he's all over YouTube. He's all over. I mean, it, you just Google Ryan Stuman, you're going to find all kinds of crazy cool stuff about this man and uh, what he's doing uh, in the world as we know it. So, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time again. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in September as long as things still are operating at a high level because I'm be out there. Cool. We'll see you then. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Glad we can finally get this knocked out. Yeah, for sure. Hey guys, remember yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Make it a good one.